Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod uh, going right now through a very, very cold spell here in Northwest Iowa. If you are down south listening to this, enjoy the weather because it is freezing up here. Anyways, thank you for joining us as we continue through the Gesema Sundays this morning, celebrating Sexagesima Sunday, that's Latin, for 60, meaning this is the Sunday within 60 days of Easter. Our countdown continues, and I actually believe that we're exactly 57 days away from Easter today. Now, as we continue in this pre-Lent period, our gospel lessons continue to prepare us for the 40-day Lenten journey coming up here soon. And these gospel lessons do so by reminding us how the kingdom of God works. Now, last week we heard that the kingdom of God works by his grace, not by any of our merit, not by anything that we've earned for ourselves, but by his grace alone in Christ. This week, in the parable of the sower from Luke 8, we hear how the kingdom of God works by his word alone, sola scriptura. Not by our merits, not by our own thoughts or philosophies, but by his word alone. With that, let's now begin our matin service this morning with the hymn, We Praise You, O God. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shall forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is His also. It is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. Awake, why sleepest thou, Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Arise for our help. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them, how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Arise for our help. The Old Testament lesson for Sexagesima Sunday is written in the 55th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 10th verse. For as the rain comes down and the snow from the sky, and doesn't return there, but waters the earth, and makes it grow and bud, and gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing I sent it to do. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. 
The mountains and the hills will break out before you into singing, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, the cypress tree will come up, and instead of the briar, the myrtle tree will come up. It will make a name for the Lord, for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Let thy enemies know that thou, whose name alone is Yahweh, art the Most High over all the earth. O my God, make them like a wheel, as the stubble before the wind. The epistle is written in the 11th and 12th chapters of the second epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the 19th verse. Brothers, for you bear with the foolish gladly, being wise. For you bear with a man if he brings you into bondage, if he devours you, if he takes you captive, if he exalts himself, or if he strikes you on the face. I speak by way of disparagement, as though we had been weak. Yet in whatever way anyone is bold, I speak in foolishness, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as one beside himself. I am more so. In labors more abundantly, in prisons more abundantly, in stripes above measure, and in deaths often. Five times I received forty stripes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. I have been a night and a day in the deep. I have been in travels often, perils of rivers, perils of robbers, perils from my countrymen, perils from the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brothers, in labor and travail, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, and in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are outside, there is that which presses on me daily, anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And am I not weak? Who is cause to stumble? And I don't burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that concern my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is blessed forevermore, knows that I don't lie. In Damascus, the governor under King Eretus guarded the city of Damascus, desiring to arrest me. I was let down in a basket through a window by the wall and escaped his hands. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast, for I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven fourteen years ago. Whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body, I don't know. God knows. I know such a man. Whether in the body or outside of the body, I don't know. God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. On behalf of such a one, I will boast. 
but on my own behalf I will not boast, except in my weaknesses. For if I would desire to boast, I will not be foolish, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, so that no man may think more of me than that which he sees in me or hears from me. By reason of the exceeding greatness of the revelations, that I should not be exalted excessively, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, that I should not be exalted excessively. Concerning this thing, I begged the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest on me. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. O God, Thou hast cast us off, Thou hast scattered us, Thou hast been displeased. O turn Thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble, Thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. That Thy beloved may be delivered, Save with thy right hand, and hear me. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the eighth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When a great multitude came together, and people from every city were coming to Jesus, he spoke by a parable. The farmer went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along the road, and it was trampled underfoot and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock, and as soon as it grew, it withered away, because it had no moisture. Others fell on amid the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Others fell into the good ground and grew, and produced one hundred times as much fruit. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? He said, To you it is given to know the mysteries of God's kingdom, but to the rest in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those along the road are those who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are they who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. But these have no root, who believe for a while, then fall away in time of temptation. That which fell among the thorns, these are those who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Those in the good ground, these are those who, with an honest and good heart, having heard the word, hold it tightly, and produce fruit with perseverance." Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ.
The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Parable of the Sower. Now, if you are a farmer, or even a gardener, and even if you're not really either of those things, but you're in Iowa, well, you know how those things work, then this parable makes sense to you. This isn't like last week's parable, the one of the workers in the vineyard. That parable oftentimes is strange to us because it was it's so radically different from how our own world works. But this parable is rather straightforward, or so it seems. If you garden, if you farm, then you know that your plants or your crops are only as good as the soil that you plant them in. If you plant them on the pavement or a walkway, they'll be trampled. If if you if you plant them on a rock, they'll be blown away. If you plant them among the weeds, the thorns, and the bristles, the, they'll suffocate. But if you plant them on good soil, then you can hope for the most beautiful garden or even yet the best yield. Our Lord in this parable is really not telling us anything that we don't know. This is how the world works. This is how farming works. And it has worked this way since Adam himself worked the ground after the fall. Yet in our world of precision technology with the most advanced tractors, planters, seeders, GPS guidance, genetically modified seed, tiling, and so on. Well, with all of that, this method in the parable where the sower just throws seed around hoping for the best, hoping that the best will come from it. Well, this compared to our way of doing things, that feels rather archaic and kind of unrelatable. But if you think that, then we're not giving the ancients enough credit. They may not have had our technology, but the ancients knew that the best yield came from planting the best seed in the best soil. Now their oxen didn't have onboard computers telling them exactly where to plant for the best result, but the ancients weren't careless. They still would have tried to scatter the most seed that they could on the best soil. They would have done all they could have to avoid throwing seed on the roads or the rocks or the thorns. So, as we're hearing this parable, whether, whether those hearing this parable are the Lord's most ancient audience or it's us today, what the sower is doing, scattering seed wherever he goes, well, this is strange to anyone hearing this story because nobody really does it this way. Not long ago, not today. As we hear about this strange sower scattering seed about, notice where our attention turns to in this story. It always inevitably turns to the types of soil that the seed falls upon. Unlike most other parables, this one has our Lord's explanation. So this parable would seem much easier to understand because Jesus himself explains it to us. For instance, the seed being sown is the word of God. The seed, the word of God, sown along the path is trampled on, devoured by birds. That is to say, as our Lord explains, that is the word of God sown among those who do not understand it. Now, they maybe don't understand it because it was carelessly trampled upon by those who carelessly teach it or trampled upon by those who carelessly hear it. But the carelessness gives the birds, in this case the devil and his demons, 
the opportunity to come and devour the word from the hearts of the hearers. So without the seed, without the word, those hearers no longer believe. They're no longer saved. And that soil remains in the devil's kingdom. Well, then there's the seed, the word, which fell upon the rock, which, as Jesus explains, are those hearers that receive the word of God with the utmost joy, the greatest enthusiasm. They come to catechesis classes with a hop in their step. They tell everyone that they're joining the church. They post on Facebook how Jesus loves everybody. But then, then come the trials, the temptations, the persecution. And they're falling away rather than being called a bigot for saying marriage is between one man and one woman. They fall away rather than being called misogynistic and a woman hater for saying that abortion is murder. They fall away when the moment of temptation to hate a brother who hurt them comes along. Or maybe a moment of temptation for fornication, or to steal, or to gossip. Whatever whatever the temptation, trial, or persecution, these are those who fall away easily, as easily as the seed on the rock is blown away. Because while they received the word with joy and enthusiasm, they either didn't have the opportunity, the time to let the word take root, or they rushed headlong into battle with the world before understanding it. Or they refused all that time to let it take root, believing that they could reach the impossible compromise with the, wor- with the world and the word believing they could compromise between God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom. Which, on an aside, this is why the church doesn't want new members, those who just joined it, no matter how bright or eager they are, to right away join boards or committees or leadership roles in the church, because we want to give the word time to take root in them before putting them in positions where they will be challenged, challenged harshly and quickly by the world. So, this is why new converts don't become pastors right away or, we, or don't take leadership positions in the church right away. Give the word time to take root. But now, back to the parable. After that, Christ explains the seed, the word, falls among the thorns, which again, he explains, are those hearers who hear the word, who journey along in this life and go their way with the word, but receiving the word... They refuse to deny themselves. They refuse to deny their flesh. And so they, they try to cling to the word as they also try to cling to the anxieties of this world, the riches the world presents to them, the sensual pleasures that come up in this life. They try to cling to everything. And as the faith of the word and the things of this life grow together, Eventually, it all comes to a head. They're forced to choose between one or the other. Or they're blindly led by the world to choose which way to go. Whatever the case, they let go of the word and cling with their greed and gluttony to what they want for themselves in this life. So the word gets choked out. It dies. And there is no good fruit, no good works which they can then produce. Finally, 
our Lord explains, the seed falling upon the good soil, the soil which is thoroughly plowed, where the tiles are in place, where that's been tended and cared for. So that when the seed falls upon the good soil, when the word gets sown in, the faith from that honest and good heart bears fruit 100-fold. Which is an amazing number. And another really strange part of the story. For ancient crops, they hoped a seed would produce maybe tenfold. For us today, a corn seed or plant can yield what? Two, three, or four ears of corn? But could you imagine a hundredfold from one seed, from one plant? It's unheard of. You farmers would pay top dollar for a seed producing one hundredfold. But here, it just happens among the good soil. That's the type of fruit, the types of works, good works, a hearer who is the good soil produces. Now, again, notice, as Christ tells this parable and explains it to us, notice what our attention turns to when we hear this part of the parable and our Lord's explanation of it. We look at the types of soil. Our focus is entirely on that. And what are the one or two questions that we always wind up asking ourselves when we hear this parable? Well, that's easy. (laughs) They are, what type of soil am I? And if I'm not the good soil, how do I become the good soil? These are the questions we ask. These are the questions that arise from our flesh. These are the questions that the world asks They ask, if I'm the road, if I'm the rock or the thorns, then how do I become the good soil? How do I plow myself, till myself to remove the rocks, uproot the thorn bushes from myself? How do I bring myself to produce not twofold or fourfold or even tenfold, but to that amazing 100-fold that our Lord talks about here? How do I do that? These are the questions our flesh and the world strive to answer because this is how our world works. So our world and our flesh think, if I can produce 100-fold, then imagine the rewards for that. Our flesh and the world think, if I can produce 100-fold, I'll earn forgiveness, salvation, I'll earn righteousness. If I can only turn myself into that good soil. And so, especially as we head toward Lent right now, we might might be fooled into thinking, if I fast, maybe I can remove that rock, those obstacles that get in the way. If I give charitably, Perhaps I can uproot those thorns from myself. If I pray with more words and more intensity, perhaps I can then produce 100-fold, produce all those good works. But as we ask these questions, do you see what happens? (laughs) It happened just like it did with the parable of the workers in the vineyard that we heard last week. We see our flesh and the world receive this parable only with the understanding of how the world works. 
And by doing that, by seeing the parable in that light, our world and our flesh completely miss what our Lord is teaching here. Because the world and our flesh are so turned inward on themselves that they wind up thinking this parable is about them. We get fooled into thinking this parable is about us. But this parable is not the parable of the types of soil. This parable is instead the parable of the sower, or you could even say the parable of the seed. This parable is not about you or the soil. It's about Jesus, the sower. It's about the seed, the word of God. This is about how the word of God works in the kingdom of God. So Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he says just a bit later, and to you, to you who are baptized disciples of Christ, who have been given ears of faith to hear, to you, he says, my dear church, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, a question for you farmers and you gardeners. How often have you sat around just waiting for a field to plow and till itself? <laughs> have you ever just sat around waiting for the field to work on itself, to lay its own tile, to spray itself, uh, to give itself the seed to produce the yield? How often have you waited for a field and the soil just to do all this by itself? <laughs> the answer is never, of course. It's a ridiculous question. You have to care and tend for the field to make sure it's not overrun by vermits or weeds or bugs or whatever. And yet, seeing but not seeing, hearing but not understanding, this is how the world and our flesh understand this parable. But for you who have been baptized... To you who have been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, to you who have been given the ears of faith, listen, hear what our Lord is saying. Last week we heard the kingdom of God works by his grace alone. This week, Christ tells us the kingdom of God works by his word alone. The seed will work as a seed no matter where it's sown. The word will do what the word will do, no matter what, what ears hear. For those hearers that are the road, the word is still the word, but they despised it by careless hearing or careless teaching. For those that are the rock, the word is still the word, but they despised it by hardening their heart and not letting it take root. For those that are the thorns, the word is still the word, but they despised it by holding up the cares of this life over the word. The word is still the word. They, in their flesh, in the world, and by clinging to the devil's kingdom, they are those who rejected it. Their judgment will be upon them when their yield produces only briars and thistles, but no fruit. But the good soil, it doesn't make itself good soil. An honest and good heart is not a heart that made itself honest and good. 
The faith of a Christian was not made by the Christian. A saint does not make himself holy. What is the good soil of the hearer then, except the soil that has been plowed and tilled by the words of John the Baptist, by the law of God, which preaches repent? So by way of John's preaching of repent, the roadway has been plowed. Whereupon the proclamation of John's return to the Lord, the rocks have been removed and the thorns uprooted. In repentance, led by the Spirit, the heart is made ready to receive. The space is given for the root to come in, for the moisture of baptism to keep it alive. And all room is made ready for faith to grow so it won't be choked out. Being recreated into good soil. To be given such an honest and a good heart. To be shown our sins and brought to repentance so that we're ready to receive the word. All of this is a gift from God by the word of his law. It doesn't come from ourselves. So that when the word of the gospel comes, we may be ready to receive it. The word is the word. And when received, it will do what the word always does. The word is the son of God incarnate, who came to take away the heavy rocks of your sin upon himself, to carry them all the way to Jerusalem where there he was trampled on by the world as he was rejected and whipped and spit on. Where in Jerusalem he took the curse of our thorns by having them pushed down on his head till blood soaked his face. So that on the cross he may take all of our sin and die in your stead. So that in his death, you may, in repentance, receive the word which he scatters among you here in his church with the ears he has given you to hear. So that in repentance, you may receive the word in baptism, where faith is given and watered, that you may be forgiven and in that forgiveness put on the righteousness of Christ where the devil cannot reach and devour the word. So that in repentance you may receive the word in confession and absolution, where in forgiveness the thorns and weeds are all uprooted. And faith clinging to the word may grow freely with joy. So that in repentance you may receive the word in the scriptures by way of preaching, where in forgiveness faith is rooted in lifelong catechesis, hearing throughout the church here how Christ, how the Christ incarnate died for you, and how by being planted firmly in the palm of his hand you will never be blown away. So that in repentance you may receive the word in his body and blood of the sacrament, where you receive forgiveness, where you partake in the intimate communion with him, united to every saint from all time and space in him, also that your faith may be strengthened, 
withstanding the temptations, trials, and persecutions that come from the flesh, the world, and the devil, which Christ and all his saints beforehand dealt before, before we came along, and deal with now with us. The word is the word. It accomplishes all, all this as God has promised. The word is the word. It will produce good works 100-fold where other lands and the devil's kingdom remain barren. So that this Lent, we may fast. We may give alms. We may give charitably. We may spend more time in scripture and prayer. Doing those things not for our salvation, as the world thinks, but because the Lord has given us a good and honest heart in repentance. Because the Lord has planted the seed there in those hearts he gave us. And through that seed of the word, he will produce this yield in us 100-fold, as his word does. And which it will continue to do in the word and sacraments, strengthening us until he comes again. So remember, as we continue to plan for Lent, this is how the kingdom of God works. Not like the world, but in his grace alone, by his word alone. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the Te Deum.
upon thee to deliver me when didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God Continue with the prayer, beginning with the Kyrie. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We pray the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are bold to pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee, O God who sees that we do not put our trust in anything that we do. Mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, and the Legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness 
that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for all those that we name in our hearts at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes, when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power, and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, might be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, 
world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you to everyone that has joined us this morning, whether you are near or far away. And we pray that the scriptures you heard here this morning continue to bless you throughout the week. Now, a reminder for those that may be in or around the Spencer area, Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent, is coming up a week from this Wednesday, February 17th. And we at Christ the King will be offering the distribution of ashes throughout the day that day, with times listed on a link on our Facebook page, which you are welcome to visit. And we will have distribution of ashes followed by the divine service that evening at 6.30 p.m. So if you're able, please do come and join us. We'd love to have you here. Now for the podcast, we'll be back next Sunday with the last Sunday in pre-Lent, Quinquagesima Sunday where we will hear how Jesus opens our eyes of faith to see him. That's how the kingdom of God works. And that'll be shown to us in Luke chapter 18, verses 31 to 43. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.